Welcome. You've tuned into Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I am Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. This is our radio show number 47. We're getting close to number 50 already. Wow, time flies. Well, speaking of time, have you been in the swing of things for the holy days? Some of you already celebrated Hanukkah, while others of you might be well into the 12 days of Christmas. Or you might be one who waits until the last minute and scrambles to get everything ready for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Still, others of you might want to observe Kwanzaa, and that celebration officially begins the day after Christmas this year. Then there's some of you who have the greatest festivities around the winter solstice or the traditional Yuletide. Whatever way, on whatever days you might celebrate, what makes life sacred to you, may you continue to enjoy the blessings of what makes the holy days, well, holy. Today, we're celebrating birthing the Christ within us. After all, isn't that an important part of the process of waking up? The idea of waking up has become mainstream in many ways, from waking up politically to waking up to being more conscious of the environment and our relationship with it, to waking up to being a happier person, to waking up as a soul to your true purpose, to waking up fully from all Illusion. That's sort of the ultimate waking up. So, a lot of people may be talking about waking up, but they're not all talking about what kind of waking up or what they are waking up from. If we're looking at waking up, we're waking up from something and waking to something, aren't we? The most obvious example of waking up, of course, would be each of us waking up from our sleep every morning. In that case, we are waking up from being asleep and waking up to be conscious and alert and functional in our body. When we are asleep, we often might dream. If we were dreaming deeply in the early morning, we may wake up in our bed from a dream. If the dream happened to be a nightmare, we would be glad to have awakened from it into our waking consciousness. If the dream happened to be the most joyful experience ever, I've had a few of those, we may be disappointed when we wake up from it. But in either case, we are waking up from a sleeping dream state into a conscious waking state. So, no matter what kind or level of awakening, we may be referring to, it's invariably a movement from a less conscious state to a more conscious state. Although the term Christ 
is normally thought of as having to do with Christianity and associated with the historical person known as Jesus, it has a much more universal meaning and usage. On an entomological level, Christ, of course, derives from the Latin Christos, from the Greek Christos, and that's spelled K-H-R-I-S-T-O-S, used as a noun from the adjective meaning anointed. It was translated from the Hebrew word for anointed, which in English, believe it or not, is Messiah. So when the early when the early followers of the spiritual master Jesus proclaimed him to be the Messiah as prophesied in the Old Testament, they gave him the title of Messiah or Christ. This was not unlike Gautama's followers calling him the Buddha, the awakened one. Unlike in the Christian tradition, Gautama was not the only one who was awakened or could be awakened. So there were others after Gautama, the Buddha, who were awakened as well and known as a Buddha as well. Of course, in most cases, if someone makes reference to the Buddha, we all think of Gautama. Christ may be a title, but what does the title connote? Buddha is a title in a similar way, and it literally means awake or awakened one. It refers to the state of consciousness of the person who receives that title. If we were to look at the title of Christ in a similar way, Christ would also signify a certain state of consciousness or refer one who has attained that state of consciousness. Some people have used the terms Christ consciousness to denote that consciousness of all life, eternal life, limitlessness, or all-knowingness. To go back to the story of Christmas, it is about the birth of the child who is an awakened soul, one who has attained Christ consciousness or consciousness of all life, all that is. Thus, the Christ child is born. Another prelude to this story of the birth of the Christ child is that of his parents being required to present themselves to the annual census counting in another town. What a pain that must have been. (laughs) So although quite pregnant, Mary and her husband Joseph make the rugged trek to be counted. Along the way, as the story goes, nightfall comes and they need a night's lodging. And all the local innkeepers tell them there are no vacancies at their establishments. This is the manifestation of the collective consciousness of humanity at the time. There wasn't enough space or room in the mind of human beings for divinity or for awareness of the limitlessness of spirit. The incoming soul born to them in a cave barn was to establish that space for all humanity to make a space to eventually become conscious of the Christ or of the allness of life. The story of Jesus' life was like an instruction manual for each of us to learn to attain Christ's consciousness. And to do so, we begin with birthing the Christ consciousness within our own mind. So... I, I'm feeling the labor pains already. <laughs> <laughs> ah. 
shall I start to uh, uh, breathe, uh, you know, um, so I could birth the Christ consciousness from within me? <laughs> well, I don't think it's quite like birthing a baby. But, but that was very symbolic, right? Yes. You know, uh, there's a lot of traditions around the world, like the Taoists and Taoist yoga and, and Qigong. There are certain uh, practices where, where they're birthing a new uh, energy within themselves, and it starts from the lower abdomen and so forth. And, and you learn the, the techniques and the method of creating this energy and, and cultivating it and, you know, kind of polishing it up, cleaning it up, and making it more and more uh, alive. And, and then once you have this energy going, then you could move it up to higher uh, centers of consciousness and so forth. And so there's, there's even practices like that that's been done on an esoteric level for millennia. But birthing is a good analogy, isn't it? And I was joking about the labor pains because one of the ex- uh, experiences, I've had several experiences of Christ consciousness. And one of them <laughs> was uh, Rafi and I were invited to a birthday party of a friend of ours. Um, well, the person who was hosting the birthday party was a friend of ours, a well-known healer in the area and had his own healing center. So it was a nice big place. He invited a lot of his friends. Many of them were healers and teachers and authors and so forth. And the, the person, the birthday boy, uh, everybody was celebrating, gathering to celebrate, was a well-known uh, author, healer and author. And so we go for, for the festivities and everything and and to support uh, what this guy was doing. And so then we're, the party's going along and everything, and it's time for the birthday uh, cake and burning, uh, bur- what do you call it, blowing out of the candles and <laughs> all of that kind of stuff. And so here comes the birthday cake, and this woman's bringing this birthday cake with, with you know, flames gone because this guy's, you know, getting up there <laughs> in age. And so they, we all sing him happy birthday. He blows out the candle, you know, makes a wish, blows out the candle, the whole ceremony. Well, to my surprise, another cake is coming my way. And with even more candles. <laughs> yes, it was Michael's birthday in a couple days yeah. after that. Yes, it was It was like my birthday was three days after that. And so somebody found out about it and said, hey, his birthday's in three days. We got to, you know, uh, include him in. And so somebody went during the earlier part of the party to get another whole cake with the candles and happy birthday, Michael, on it and everything. Well, really nice of them. So uh, this was a total surprise. And so this different woman brings the cake over. And he says, oh, she goes, okay, Michael, you know what to do. You have to close your eyes, make your wish, and then blow out the candles. I said, okay. So I'm going along. I close my eyes. And, you know, we're having fun, right? So I'm closing my eyes and I, I'm looking at, okay. What? Oh, I wasn't prepared for this. I, what do I wish for my birthday this year? And as I put the question out, all of a sudden, my mind is completely 
empty. It's not like, you know, brain freeze where you can't think. No, it's just quiet, complete peace. And and it was uh, kind of basic, you know, you have your eyes closed, uh, keeping the physical light out of your eyes. And so that part's dark. But from in the middle of it, there's this bright golden light that starts to that starts to uh, uh, become bigger and bigger from the center of my head, and it starts to expand, taking over everything. And I'm going, wow! And I realize that's the Christ energy, that's the Christ consciousness. And all of a sudden, I realize that's it. That's a great wish. And I said to myself, I wish I would like to embody more fully the Christ consciousness. And I thought, yeah, that's a great wish. And I opened my eyes, blew out the candles, everybody clapped, and they sang me happy birthday and laughing and all kinds of stuff. And so when that happened, I didn't think anything of it. We went on with the party. And... Um, I thought that was a great way to, you know, a few days early to start off my new year with this energy of the Christ. How would I uh, start to embody this more in my life? And so then everything goes, we have a great party, and then we're driving home. We go get back to home and we get home pretty late. And so we go to bed and and the next morning, Raphael's already up uh, getting the dog and cats fed and everything. And I can hear the water running in the kitchen, clanking of dishes and everything. Nice sounds, right? And I'm coming too. I'm waking up. But I'm, I've been in this state of total bliss out of my body. In spirit, I was in this, it's like being in Christ consciousness and there's nothing else. It's just as far as you can go. It's just limitless. Blazing. Blazing. And and then uh, I'm slowly starting to come back into my body, but I'm bringing this energy in with me so the bliss doesn't go away. It's just strong as ever. It's right there. But now I'm starting to have a little bit more consciousness of my physical, you know, I'm in a bed, I'm lying down, blah, blah, blah. I'm waking up from sleeping on the physical level. And then, so I, then all of a sudden, in the corner of this vastness, there's this ding, like a notification on your cell phone. It's like, uh, oh, you have this important meeting. This man from Israel is coming to see you at 10 o'clock at the office to speak about the future of uh, the children of the world. And so I thought, I better get up. I start to get up, and I take a couple steps toward the bathroom to take my shower and everything, and my whole world turns inside out, upside down, and then, ah, Raphael, it's time for a break. So Yes, we're going to leave you on a cliffhanger here, because this is quite a story about this energy. Um, Before our breaks, we always like to make at least one announcement. So next Saturday, December 29th, from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time, we will be giving our final teleclasses in our current series on waking up to your astral life. In this teleclass, you'll learn about 
making the astral part of your everyday life. It'll help you integrate and make a lot more use of the other one-third of your life that most of the human population aren't much aware of. We hope you can join us for this wonderful teleclass. You can get details and sign up on our website events calendar section at michaeltamura.com. That's T-A-M as in Mary, U-R-A. Or you can call our office during normal business hours, Pacific Time, Monday to Friday, and sign up. Our office phone number is 530-926-2650. When we return in just a couple of minutes, we'll continue with that wonderful story and our theme, Birthing the Christ Within. We'll be right back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you a game changer in disguise? Are you tired of waking up every day saying, They soar like eagles, and I'm stuck in the nest? Well, wonder no more. It's time to soar. Of the world's millionaires, billionaires, and game changers, almost all started with at least one unique idea. Join Crystal for a controversial look at triumphs, tragedies, tools, and secrets for living a fun, financially free life with her successful guests. Listen to Soaring with Eagles. Tuesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. And get ready to soar. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration that opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time with award-winning authors Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the Empowerment Channel. For so many years, adults and teens have experienced a breakdown in communication. It doesn't have to be like this. Listen for Tools for Teen Transformation with Lily Williams. Coach Lily and her guest will tackle subjects like bullying, self-esteem issues, teen pregnancy, substance abuse, and more. It's all about getting teens and the adults in their lives to think differently. You could save a teen's life. Tune in every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern and 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. Today we're exploring what it means to birth the Christ within, how you might go about doing so. And Michael was right in the middle of telling his extremely interesting story about his experience with the uh, with awaken, yes. awakening with the Christ energy. And there's parts of this story he's kind of skipping over because it's a really long story. But needless to say, this is very uh, intense, but has a very wonderful 
continuation. So go right ahead. <laughs> well, you know, this is why I was talking about the labor pains. You don't think about those things when you make wishes. And so I'm sure most of you listening too, oh, you know, how could asking for being able to more fully embody Christ consciousness be anything but amazing? Well, it is amazing. So, so far, I'm waking up in that morning in a total state of limitless bliss. Then, like I was saying earlier behind before the break, I remember I have an appointment. Important. This man's coming all the way from Israel, tracked me down, and we're going to talk about his uh, nonprofit organization foundation uh, that's going global in terms of helping children all over the world of every race to be able to have a good life. But uh, And this was a brainchild of between him and his best friend growing up together. Uh, the best friend was Palestinian, and he was Israeli. So you could imagine. Powerful partnership. Yeah, and they're both CEOs of very powerful, uh, turns out, medical supply equipment company, companies in their respective countries. And they're having lunch. They usually, you know, got together at least once every couple of weeks or three weeks or whatever because they're such good friends. And one day they're having lunch and they both start to talk about, we can't allow our children to grow up learning to hate each other for no reason at all. And that's what started their conversation. That's what started their foundation. And so anyway, uh, he follows his intuition, takes nine-month sabbatical from his business, and says, we got one piece missing. And I don't know what it is, but it has to do with spirit. It has to do with something spiritual. And I'm going to, whatever, I have nine months I'm going to travel wherever spirit guides me to travel and meet whoever spirit gets me to meet, and I'm going to get my answers. Well, he's been doing this in the U.S. is where he got sent. Ends up in California, ends up in Mount Shasta, and ends up at a conference I I was speaking, one of the speakers at, and he said he sat through all the speeches, talks, and everything, and but when I, and he was getting a little bit, discouraged because nothing really rang the bell for him until I got up and the first words he said that came out of my mouth was about children and the future of the world depends on these souls that are coming in that's coming in a lot more awake than most people up to this point and they're coming in in droves he said that just struck him right between the eyes and so he caught me right as I was going out of the assembly hall and said, is there any way we can meet tomorrow? And that was the tomorrow was the, or on Tuesday, I think it was the meeting. And and uh, that was the day after my this birthday party and my wish. And then waking up in that morning in this state of total limitless bliss. So I'm walking to the, I only took like two steps to the, toward the bathroom from the bedroom and next thing literally it felt like and and my experience was like somebody just a giant came and picked me up threw me into a giant uh what do you call those washing machines that tumbles you know around 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 sideways that's what it's felt like 
It wasn't vertigo. It was just the entire world went inside out, spinning around, upside down, every which way. And I'm just kind of trying to find my footing just when Raphael walks in and says, what's happening? Are you having a heart attack? Well, I never had a heart attack, so I don't know what the heart attack feels like. On top of which, he was only 52 years old at the time. Yeah, and I was in very good shape. And so... So I kind of go through everything. I, I'll skip over all those details, but I told Raphael, I don't think so. And But I would like a healing. So she goes into the living room to start giving me a healing. And I kind of get it together. And long, long story short, I end up going outside. Well, I get out of the body completely. And I'm surrounded by all these great, incredible beings of light. And But they're not there to help me actively. They're just holding the space so I can go through what I need to go through. And the message from them was absolutely clear. You, today, this is your time to make a decision. It's a very important decision. That's all they would say. And then they back away. Instead of coming forward to help me more, they back away. They don't leave. They just back away to give me a lot of space to find out what is this decision I have to make. So this is the beginning of this. It's only, you know, we don't know what we're getting into when we're getting into it, especially on very profound parts of our spiritual growth and development. It's it's. We come in blind, so to speak, and over time, we start to wake up, and we start to, once we wake up, and and we start to establish this level of awakeness, awareness, in our everyday life and, and everything. It's not like a once in a while, boom, you get awake. No, you have to establish that in your everyday life, in everything you do. And so, once it starts to get established, down the line, sometimes years down the line, you look back and you're able to connect the dots. Well, that was several, you know, 10, 12 years ago. So I've been able to connect the dots since then. And I realized, oh, it did start with my wish, asking for to embody more fully the Christ consciousness. No, why would that bring on something like that? Well, the Christ consciousness, what is it? It's, it's the consciousness, awareness, and experience. Consciousness isn't intellectual knowledge. No, it's not thinking, oh yeah, I know what con- you know, Christ consciousness means and this and that and the other thing. No, it's the direct experience, the direct full-on knowing in your heart and soul, so to speak, of whatever something is. And so... Christ consciousness is that direct, full experience of the totality, allness of life, the allness of spirit, okay? And so, those are just words. And and uh, although that's all we have to kind of point things, you know, we point at things by, by saying, using words, and words we have to use in a sentence, like one word after the other after the other. It's completely linear. But Christ, consciousness, or some people 
who don't want to use the word Christ because it's more religious sounding, might say cosmic consciousness. But the words don't do justice at all. It's, it's just the experience of the entirety, the wholeness of life. It's all alive. And, and it transcends this normal experience that most people have on an everyday level of, oh, you're sitting over there, I'm sitting over here, yeah, I'm nothing like you, and you're nothing like me. We don't look alike. We're not of the same race. We don't believe in the same religion. We we don't uh, talk the same language. We wear different clothes. And plus, you're a woman. I'm a man. Things like that, right? And so it's all divided into little units. But the consciousness, the awareness of the whole transcends all that separation, all that division in our minds that we, each of us, makes up. It's not there in reality. We just make it up. And we've been making it up as humanity for so long. It seems like it's real. So what were those beings doing stepping back and not looking after you? Well, once they gave me the message of, this is your time to make this very important decision. And so I'm... Do you know how hard it is? <laughs> I didn't know it at the time, but I was in the middle of a very long, big heart attack. <laughs> yeah, and so, but I knew I couldn't be rushed to the ER. I had to deal with something first before I can go to a hospital, get checked out and all of that stuff. And that's what I, I listened to that. When I look to where I look to, I'm getting a red light in terms of do I go to the hospital? No. I have to deal with this somehow and within my own self. And so I'm looking at what's the question? What's, what's the choice between what and what? And obviously, when you're in that kind of a physical dilemma uh, where you're not sure whether you're going to conk out or, or keep breathing. And so I'm thinking, okay, let's, I need a starting point. What would most people go through? Oh, do I call 911 or do I just tough it out or what do I do? Uh, I don't want to die or I want to live or uh, I don't want to live if this doesn't blah, blah, blah. All those are thoughts that normally goes through a person's mind when there's a very intense crisis, survival, whatever, pain. So I'm going, no, none of that is correct. Because I already knew, by that point, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, I'm not going to ever really die. The body will, but not me. And so, I'm going, so, I know that life or death, you know, a lot of people think of, this is a life or death situation. That's not true. It's never a life or death situation. It's Life doesn't have an opposite. The either or, it's, it's either this or the opposite. Yeah, Black or white, good or bad. So, no, life doesn't have either or. Life is whole without opposites. Now, death has an opposite. Birth is the opposite of death. So I'm looking at that. And then I realize, oh, even though I know life goes on, I was still living 
my life here on earth like it's from birth till death. And then after death of the physical body, I'm going on. But I'm looking at that as, you know, something next chapter. And I realized, oh, life is eternal. There is no beginning and end to a life. There's just chapters, but the book never ends. And so, so I'm going, okay, so it's about life. What do I ask? What do I, what's my choice about life? And then I realize, oh, we all live our daily lives with a lot of conditions. Oh, I'm not going to go outside if it rains. Or I don't want to do this uh, unless it's sunny. Or on and on and on and on. And you, you get the picture. And so I look within myself and I go, yeah, I got all kinds of conditions. Because what I was afraid of is not physical death. I was afraid if I make it, if I come back here again physically, into my body, what if I'm brain dead? What if I can't walk? What if I can't see? What if I'm bedridden? Oh, that was scary. So that's what I start to look at. Oh, no wonder. We're so scared of all these things. We put conditions. I'm not going to blah, 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 unless blah, blah, blah. Okay. So I realize if I make the choice what pro-life really means is all oh, the wholeness of life, eternity. So I'm going, okay, if I choose life, I have to let go of all conditions. So that's the decision I made. This story will continue after the next break, which is coming right up. As usual, we like to make a little announcement before our break. So I'd just like to recommend Michael's first book, you Are the Answer, Discovering and Fulfilling Your Soul's Purpose, is getting to be kind of a classic. One reader from Singapore wrote that he had been searching far and wide through a good portion of his life for some answers about his life purpose and tried out everything from yoga and mantras to various forms of meditation, but to little avail. He wrote that after reading Michael's book, he experienced for the first time something that resonated with him profoundly about why he was here on this earth. Of course, you can order it easily through Amazon.com or especially if you'd like Michael to personally sign it for you or for whomever the book is for, lots of fours in there, you can call our office and order a special signed copy. No extra charge, of course. It makes a wonderful Christmas gift for many awakening souls all over the world. There are also editions in a variety of other languages, from French and Greek to Hungarian and Bulgarian, and more. When we return, we'll continue our exploration of Birthing the Christ Within. See you in a few minutes. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you frustrated that you can't seem to achieve your goals? Stop struggling and discover your power on Creatrix. Creating the life you want. Hosted by Amira Mondin. This show features the world's most intriguing guests ready to guide you to self-realization using the powerful gift of your own mind. 
Tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you where you want to be right now? We live our lives sometimes looking at others and thinking, the grass is always greener on their side, not realizing that we have the power within us to pursue our dreams. It begins with a head start in the right direction, and that head start is with host Carla D. Walker and From the Inside Out. Believe in your abilities and take action. Listen live every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Fridays at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Hello, everyone. Great to have you back. We're exploring today birthing the Christ within, and Michael has been telling us a rather intense story about his own uh, connection. experience. Yes, <laughs> first starting with the um, experience of wanting to embody the Christ more and then uh, experiencing that bliss experience in the morning when he woke up and moving right into a major heart attack and his process before he let me call and, well, let me take him to the hospital. <laughs> and part of that story that he didn't tell was I had... Um, I had been shown the night before by the guy that owned the healing center, uh, his healing room, and he told this story to me about how he once had a heart attack and he didn't let anybody help him. And in fact, when the paramedics were called, he locked the door and didn't let anybody in. And um, I thought it was an awful story and I would have called 911 myself. But the next day when Michael came down with this uh, big heart thing going on, and I knew immediately it was a heart attack, I realized that what I was shown the night before were my instructions. I needed to follow Michael's wishes rather than my own gut feeling of, oh, he's going to die. I better call an ambulance, blah, blah, blah. Um, And fortunately for all involved, it was the right decision on my part. I'm glad I'm highly intuitive on this level. Um, Our animals went crazy while he was going through this, by the way. But then fast forwarding him to the yard and making this decision about uh, life. So I'm going to pass it back over to you, Michael. (laughs) Yes. And so once I realize, oh, yeah, I have to make this decision about life and how I was going to live that life from here on out. And I didn't jump on it (laughs) as soon as I realized that. I, I looked at 
Is there any way I can get out of that? <laughs> to live, I knew what it meant to live without conditions. I mean, I couldn't see it right away. To live without a condition means if I come back to my physical body more fully and I find out, oh, I'm bedridden for the rest of my life and somebody has to take care of me physically. That's not something I'm, I look forward to. Most people would say, I'm not okay with that. <laughs> I, I'm, I wasn't okay with that. I, and once I started looking at that, there's a lot of things I'm not okay with. <laughs> and, and, you know, when you're really looking at that, it's not just an intellectual idea of, oh, sure, you know, if I'm blind, I'll be fine. If I'm deaf, I'll be fine. You know, things like that. But no, it's, it's uh, not something you'd, you'd want to ask for, right? You, you don't want to go there voluntarily. So I'm looking at all that, and I said, hey, these are all possibilities. Anything can happen. But I realized that's what I have to let go of. And I said to myself, well, I know, without a shadow of doubt, this is a decision I have to make now or later. I mean, it's not, I don't have to make this decision. No, I can postpone making this decision for a long time. But I thought, okay, if I got to do this anyway, sooner or later, why wait until next lifetime? I did it now. And once I made that decision, it's like everything cleared up on one hand, not on a physical body level yet, but everything in my mind cleared up. And I came back to the body. I had energy. I could run back upstairs. And I didn't know I was still undergoing the heart attack was still going on. It went on for four and a half hours is what they discovered uh, in the ER once Raphael took me there. So don't try this at home. (laughs) You really, like Raphael said, you really have to know and have certainty in your intuitive guidance, your inner guidance. Okay, That's all I follow. So even if it was, you know, Traditionally, you're supposed to do the ABC. Now, in this situation, it was very important that I followed my guidance. This was bigger than just my uh, current lifetime. So then, once I got in, Raphael, in her very uh, uh, sneaky way, she... Loving. (laughs) I, I asked her... I said, I have this meeting. I have to go in, in town, which is only two hours, two minutes away. And could, I don't feel up to driving. Could you drive me? She said, of course. But once we got going, she says, you know, uh, I postponed your meeting for a while. So why don't we swing by the ER and, and on the way to the office and get you checked out anyway? And when I looked, yes, now that's okay. I can go and get that done. And when I did that, that's when the doctor discovered I was still having a heart attack. <laughs> and there's a lot more to that story, of course, which you may have heard bits and pieces of over the course of our radio shows. But, Michael, would you talk about how, uh, you know, touching in with that Christ energy, that Christ yes. consciousness has really changed your life since then? Yeah, and it's, it's 
It's an ongoing process. It's not a one-shot deal. And that was just the next step of the whole thing. But if I look back to that point, which was uh, 2006, so 12 years ago, it's, oh, in those 12 years, all the dots are connecting. You know, even though I'm going through stuff at the time, seems very random. But when I look back, oh, yeah, it's like one step after another. I'm in this total curriculum of life, learning how to embody this Christ consciousness more and more as I go along. And the first step was having to make that commitment. Oh, I have to live an unconditional life. I can't be going, oh, I'll, I'll live if these things all go well, but I'm, I'm out of here if it, they don't. And so I had to really work at that because after that near-death experience, uh, there was uh, three more. Three more. Yeah. <laughs> and it was in kind of regular increments. So this was part of Michael's life path of learning um, beyond all the spiritual study and practices he's had all these uh, gazillion years this yeah. lifetime. <laughs> so, and it's just like regular school. You know, you, in regular school, especially when you get to the more advanced stuff, high school or whatever, you have your classroom time where you're studying reading the book textbook and studying you know the the text and all that it's kind of all intellectual but then let's say if it's a chemistry or something class then you have to go take the the field study you have to have lab where you actually go and do the thing and and life is like that you know you might be in meditation and you have the bright flash of light and you know something and you go oh my god i know well that's not the end of it that's the beginning (laughs) that's the beginning of your learning and once you know the answer then you have to go live it and live it and live it every day every day every day day and night not just in your waking hours but how you sleep at night and what you do after you go to sleep at night, you have to live it. And so you get opportunities after opportunities after opportunities, like you do in school. If you flunk it the first time, you get another. You, you can take the test again and again and again. Well, you might say that we're all on the path of Christ consciousness. And, um, you know, we feel we're teaching one type of uh way to get there, Um, but there are hundreds, maybe thousands of ways to find that Christ consciousness. It may be given another name, but it's still that being in touch with the allness. And so, uh, Michael, would you talk about how everybody each day can be in that practice of starting to head in the direction of of the Christ consciousness? Yes, And, and the way to do that, to to live in that Christ consciousness is to live an unconditional life. So then, what's a condition? Where where do we make conditions like, I'm not going to do that unless I like you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not, I don't want to talk to you unless I like you first. That's a condition. Where does, where does any condition, like, I won't go outside because it's raining. Where do they come from? 
Well, they all come from a judgment we create, right? I'm not going to talk to you if I don't like you. It comes from a judgment. I don't like you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, and, it doesn't really mean it. <laughs> and, and what judgment, you know, what did I base that judgment on? It's more judgment. I don't like you because, you know, you're this or that or the other thing. It doesn't matter. Completely random, arbitrarily. So, huh, when you really look at judgments, whether they're good judgments or bad judgments. They're still judgments. They're still judgments. And every judgment puts a condition on how we're going to live and who we're going to communicate with, who we're not going to communicate with. Ah, what's that? It's all about division, division, division. No, I'm not going to talk to you. Put a wall there. Living, embodying the Christ consciousness means taking those walls down, right? You're blowing those walls down, melting it down, whatever way you want to get those walls off of there. So a very, very simple one is realizing all of life is alive. Even the chair you're sitting on ultimately is alive inside, not the material, but that which makes the chair be there is alive. So you can say hello to anything, anyone, but how many times do we withhold saying hello? I I don't trust that guy. I'm not going to say hello. I don't like that person. I'm not going to say hello. That person mistreated me. I'm not going to say hello. So hello is, you know, holding back. If we can't even say hello to each other, regardless of the conditions of existence, regardless of behavior, regardless of anything, which all, again, judgments, you sweep the judgments aside, then there's no division. And if we can't even say hello to someone, how can we possibly Learn to love that person. Ah, So we live in a world where everybody generally has many layers of barriers between them and all of life. And then we start to let, the, let our guards down, let our defenses down, let it go. Why do we put it up? We're afraid. So it all boils down to to start to tap into that Christ energy, the Christ consciousness, fear is the first, you know, there's no such thing as a judgment without fear. So that boils down to fear. How do we deal with fear? Ah, someone once said, which I like, fear, the acronym, anagram for fear is, is false evidence appearing real, right? That's you know, in a nutshell, a good way to remember it. Because I've discovered, too, on my own, fear. Anytime I'm in fear or somebody else is in fear, it's not based on truth. Truth, there is no fear. Only in lies, illusions, what appears to be true but not. Okay, so that's where the fear is. All in lies. So seeing the truth of that lie is our first step. We're not going to see directly the truth, the end-all truth with the capital T, reality, right away, necessarily, 
But we do see the minute we become willing to and committed to looking for truth, we start to see all the lies, the truth that this too is a lie. This too is an illusion. And when we see that, this thing called forgiveness happens. See, most people try to forgive. And it doesn't happen because there's no trying in forgiveness. And when you realize the truth of the matter in some situation, condition, you've already forgiven because there's nothing you're going to be holding on to in the presence of truth. But as long as you're holding on, you're not seeing the truth. So that's the crux of what the seeking of the Christ consciousness brings about in us is all the pain, all the unconsciousness, all the areas within our own mind that we are holding on to a lie. And the antidote for that is to start to be willing to, okay, this too, I can forgive. And when you're willing to forgive, you'll start to see the truth. And finally... All forgiveness is self-forgiveness, and that is what will be bringing you really up to that Christ consciousness. And the question I ask repeatedly, anytime I run into, you know, an upset of some sort, the first question I ask is, oh, hey, Michael, how long do you want to be upset? How long do you want to suffer? And my answer, no brainer. I'd like to let it go right now now. and move on. That's right. Well, we've come to the end of our show so I'd like to remind you that next Wednesday on Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora our next episode will be prophecies, predictions and precognition remember to tell your friends about our show and share it on social media until then be inspired use your imagination and follow your intuition joyfully this is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.